Welcome back to the courtroom of current events. This is Peter's Proffer, and today's topic is a heavy one, uh, but it's one that's really important, and uh, we think we can help bring awareness to it and hopefully encourage you and ourselves to do our part in ending the epidemic that's nationwide and really worldwide at this point. Um, so we thank you for joining in with us. And if you have any questions or comments, you can hit us up on social media at Tragos Law. Um, so let's get into it. All right, we are here today to talk about human trafficking. I've got Pete Sardis with me, and we're going to dive into some of the facts, some of the myths, uh, and some new legislation that may be coming down the pipeline that affects human trafficking. It's a pretty tough subject to go through. We're going to tell some stories today that have been reported and have been testified in the committees for this bill becoming a law uh, to talk about the seriousness and the need for human trafficking. And then we're also going to talk about what you can look for and where you can report human trafficking if you do see it. Um, but I think it's most appropriate to kind of start out with some myths versus facts for what human trafficking is. And the first first myth is human trafficking is the new form of prostitution. Everybody thinks human trafficking is just sex trade, but it's really not. Worldwide each year, 4.5 million people are trafficked into the sex work. Okay, 4.5 million. 16.4 million are victims of, of labor trafficking. Okay, and common types of labor trafficking in the United States include farm work, domestic servitude, factory work. Um, and this also goes into, Pete, what the definition of human trafficking actually is and what different types of human trafficking there are. It's not just sex work, right? Right. And if we actually want to define human trafficking, the, um, the law basically has five different definitions. Number one is the trafficking of children. Number two is what we all normally consider uh, human trafficking, which is sex trafficking. But there's also labor trafficking, like you said about uh, about people Working that work. Working in sweatshops, yeah, massage parlors. Exactly. And forced marriage is considered human trafficking. And then the fifth one, which is frankly one that we all make jokes about because we've all seen the movie about the, the young couple that goes down to Mexico and they wake up in a, in a bathtub without their kidneys. That is type number five, trafficking for organs. Yeah, you don't want that. So the, uh, the next myth is human trafficking is the same as human smuggling. So everybody also thinks that all these victims of human trafficking are being smuggled across the border. That's not actually true. A lot of it happens in the domestic United States, which brings us to our next myth. Human trafficking rarely includes U.S. citizens as victims. And the fact is actually 67% of people trafficked for labor in the country go undocumented. Among the domestic sex slaves, 17% are legal or illegal immigrants, and 83% of domestic sex slaves are U.S. citizens. So that's, that's kind of a crazy fact. Next, the next myth is human trafficking, um, equating it with slavery, is an overstatement. That's a myth because the fact is buying and selling human beings for any purpose or period of time is slavery. Okay, next. Only adults are trafficked. That's a myth. We all know that th hundreds of thousands of children are victims of human trafficking every year. And last, the myth is human trafficking doesn't take place in the United States. I don't even know if anybody believes that myth anymore because they're, the fact is there are an estimated 250,000 slaves in the country today. 
and verified cases of human trafficking per year in the United States are on the rise. Last year, I'm sorry, in 2012, there was 3,400 verified cases. In 2016, it was all the way up to 8,000, so more than doubled in the four-year period from 2012 to 2016 of verified cases of human trafficking. And there are some crazy stories out there that deal with human trafficking, and Pete's going to lead us off with the first one. Um, The Florida legislature yesterday received testimony from a number of people that were involved some way, shape, or form or were trafficked in the course of their lives. Uh, A a young lady by the name of Savannah Parvu actually testified, and she had... uh, basically told Congress that when she was 12 years old, she was being sold out in central Florida hotel rooms as uh, as a prostitute. People would come in, men would come in, and 30, 40 times a day she would be turning tricks. Um, she said that the people that were at the hotel always turned a blind eye. They were paid by her pimps, basically, to make sure that the room was safe, that the uh, place was clean, and they even at one point she said she was left alone and she was forced to walk home by having one of the hotel workers go inside of the room and tell her that she was supposed to walk home. Without shoes, bloody and beaten, she walked down the hallway of, the, of this hotel. No one said a word. Next is the story of Rosa Castillo, who was at 12 years old. Her parents paid a smuggler to get her over the Mexican border $6,000. That trip was supposed to take 14 days or two weeks. Instead, she was sold into the human trafficking sex slave trade for 14 years, where she was kept in a cage with 60 other women who were fed twice a week and beaten and raped and brutalized over and over and over again because she just got lost in the shuffle when she was being smuggled over to the United States. And there are hundreds and thousands of these stories that are real, true stories that deal with human trafficking. And that's not even counting the people that we see every day at restaurants that are human traffickers and dealing with victims that are serving us our food or cleaning the hotel room that we stay in or motel room that people stay in. I mean, it's all around us. Um, The facts are indisputable. In 2016, the Florida Department of Children and Families received 2,000 human trafficking complaints. That's a 50% jump from the year before, just here in Florida alone. The National Human Trafficking Hotline um, received 38,304 cases reported since 2007 and assessed high probability of actual trafficking in 4,500 of those cases, which came from Florida. Um, I don't know how how many of you know, but our law firm had our partners retreat this last week. And when we got off the plane in Las Vegas, our wives went to the bathroom. Inside of the bathroom stall was a sign that said, if you are the victim of human trafficking, and it had a phone number to call. Yeah, and that that phone number is is most likely the National Human Trafficking Hotline phone number, which we're going to give at the end of the podcast for if you see this going on of where to report it. Uh, That hotline for the first six months of 2017 has tracked Florida trafficking cases, a total of 878 phone calls. That's just in the first six months of this year, um, referencing Florida in this national hotline. So it is something that's hitting our home state incredibly hard, and it is a modern-day form of slavery. 
one of the FBI um, quotes that have come out of some human trafficking investigations, which just made my skin crawl, was that this is the largest criminal enterprise in the world. And the reason for that is a kilo of heroin can only be sold once. After it's been snorted, smoked, or shot up, it's gone. But a human can be sold over and over and over again. And what's horrible about it is there are so many people that are willing to put themselves in a situation where they become the victim of human trafficking. There are refugees trying to escape their own war-torn countries all over the world. People trying to cross the border from South America into the United States. Um, a lot of, unfortunately, restaurants, massage parlors find their labor force from young men and women that they, uh, they find in South Korea, China, that want to leave their environment and come to the United States and do something great with their lives. And they find this, this story of, I will pay for your travel if you work at the restaurant. But then they get stuck there forever. And, you know, we, we've talked about already how Florida is getting hit hard by this. And South Florida is known as a hub for human trafficking. And it's all through the, the committee notes for this bill that's coming up in Florida. And the National Human Trafficking Hotline actually ranked Orlando as the third highest call rate in the nation last year. So let's get into exactly what the bill is that uh, Florida is looking to pass. All right. The new legislation that's out there right now basically wants to change the definition of what a trafficker is. What they want it to be is anyone or any entity that benefits financially from human trafficking becomes a trafficker. So what does that really mean? The hotel employees and the hotel that, uh, that turn a blind eye and let prostitution happen, they are now a trafficker. The restaurant, the massage parlor that bring in these people and allow them to work unreasonable hours for almost no pay, they become a trafficker. And interestingly enough, uh, if for those of you that don't know, in the legislature, there are um, you know, different lobby groups that actually speak to the, uh, the members of our, uh, of our uh, House and Senate here in Florida. The biggest group that has spoken on this topic isn't even a group that is registered as a lobbyist. And you know what that is? It's the hotel and motel people. The number one participant, Disney. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to get into is this is not a universally accepted and wanted bill, which is shocking to me, just morally speaking, how everybody wouldn't want to fight as much as they could against human trafficking in Florida. But what this bill really does to change how things are handled, it doesn't really, you know, make something as as much illegal or they're going to arrest people that own the hotels or things like that. It's really on a civil side getting at their pocketbooks because this is going to allow victims of human trafficking to sue hotels, motels, restaurants, the places where they work. And the only way, you know, the olden days when somebody would bring, um, you know, counterfeit money into the United States, they'd run it through a casino because, you know, there's so much cash flying around. It's an easy way to get those bills legitimized and to, to wash the money, basically. Well, that's what these hotels and motels are becoming for human traffickers without the workforce to use these slaves as forced labor, then human trafficking will die. And the only way to stop these hotels and motels from doing that is to put their money at risk because that's really what it comes down to is money a lot of times for these businesses. 
Interestingly enough, one of the, uh, and I won't mention who it was, but it's a very large hotel operator here in Florida, uh, made a recommendation to the legislature yesterday. And they said what they want to do is as long as the hotel provides training, they want that to suffice so that it will block the ability for someone that is a victim of trafficking to be able to bring a lawsuit against the hotel. Well, what does that mean? So the hotel operator trains its people and then turns a blind eye? Is that what they're suggesting? Well, it's a lot like a lot of companies today that think if they have an ADA policy in their policy manual that they don't actually have to abide by the ADA. Or if they have you know some kind of waiver that deals with wages or some kind of federally, federally protected right of their employees, that that covers them. And that's what big businesses want to do. And if you don't think that this is something serious or if you think that you know, we're just PI lawyers poking at, you know, insurance companies or big businesses. I'm going to put this in perspective for you. In, in the last year, Nevada gambling totaled $5 billion. Okay. $5 billion. All the gambling that happened in Vegas and throughout Nevada where it's legal. Human trafficking the United States intelligence community puts an estimated value of $9.5 billion a year on this industry. So it's more, it's double basically, or almost double what gambling made. And worldwide, it's estimated at $150 billion a year that's being made on human trafficking. This is big business, people. Let me bring it a little closer to home. Us here in Tampa Bay, let me give you a statistic you can be proud of. Uh, for those of us that know Tampa and know Kennedy Boulevard, which is the main drag in Tampa, apparently Tampa has the largest concentration of massage parlors of any place, any location in the world. And Tampa Bay is considered one of the hotspots for trafficking victims in the massage parlor industry in the United States. So this bill, which PI lawyers are at the front of, I'm sure, um, really comes down to hitting these businesses where it hurts, taking their money, cutting into their profits because they're making money on all these uh, slaves that they're underpaying and overworking. And as part of the bill, there's going to be a trust fund that would pay for safe houses for trafficking victims, educating the public, and providing physical and mental health exams for the victims that each successful victim is going to get to force the defendant to pay an additional $50,000 fine, which would go into that trust fund. So the point of this bill really is to help the victims and to stop the willfully ignorant or negligent or the people turning a blind eye and making extra money because human trafficking is going on within their businesses. And this bill is put into place to try to stop that. And Whenever you look back on anything, and Pete and I talk about this all the time, lawyers are the reasons we have seatbelts. They're the reasons we have warning labels. I mean, PI lawyers really are the reason for a lot of the protections that come into play in America that, you know, we should be as citizens pretty thankful for. And I think this is another one. These PI lawyers, we have a real opportunity to force these predators and these willfully ignorant companies to stop making money and taking part in human trafficking. The reality comes down to this, people. You need to open your eyes. You need to be conscious of what's going on around you. And I'll say this uh, with a kind of take it with a grain of salt. As Americans, we're not used to seeing the trials and tribulations of what the rest of the world sees. 
we haven't been uh, we haven't experienced wars. We haven't had our government toppled over. We haven't uh, been in a situation where we couldn't feed ourselves or our families because of a famine. And sometimes because we don't have those experiences, we're, we're kind of aloof and when we move around. But you know, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a hotel and you see something that just doesn't look right, report it. And that's where we're going to get into next is really building awareness. So what do you look for when you're at a restaurant, you're at a hotel, you're at a massage parlor, wherever you are, what do you look for as far as telltale signs that trafficking is going on? You know, there was a movie uh, a number of years back, and it was about the little girl, uh, was it Jennifer Smart, Jessica Smart, what was it? She was abducted in California, and one of the parts of her story when they did the documentary was she walked into a um, either a, a mini mart or some sort of a grocery store and looked at the teller, and she said in in her ability because she was obviously there with the person who had kidnapped her, she gave him this look, a look of terror, and you know what that young man figured out something's not right when someone looks at you. Uh, with terror in their eyes, when someone looks at you uh, in a way that leads, that should lead you at least to believe that there's something wrong, you got to make the call. You got to take action. And since most of us aren't going to encounter, I mean, some of us are, but a lot of us aren't going to encounter sex slaves, um, at least people that are looking to report human trafficking probably don't encounter sex slaves very often. But as far as the, the labor slaves and the labor trafficking goes, Look for, you know, bruises, black eyes, injuries that aren't being medically or treated medically and look for lack of food and water. Somebody that looks famished, somebody that looks, you know, downtrodden, um, somebody that looks like they've been in a cage for 14 years, only being fed twice a week. I think that'd be pretty obvious if somebody saw that out in the world today. Um, Look for somebody that, you know, maybe gives false information when asked details like their age, name, date of birth, things like that. Um, look for people that, you know, maybe carry a $10,000 handbag, but don't have a car, don't, can't pay for the food that they're going into the mini mart to buy. Um, you know, those are the types of signs where you can see that somebody may be in over their head, not even realize what's going on, drugged, brainwashed, whatever. And the opportunity for us as Americans to see what's going on. And they've created a hotline that we are able to to call and actually report that we see this going on. The reality is human trafficking is underreported. The fact that Peter's statistics are in the millions of people, yet there's only 2,000 phone calls in the state of Florida reporting human trafficking, and that's a 50% increase from the year before, tells you there's not a lot of phone calls. Here's the number, 1-888-373-7888. If you see something, if it doesn't look right to you, it doesn't smell right to you, pick up the phone and call. It's better to be wrong, but if God forbid you're right and you don't call. Yeah, and the point is we're, we're building awareness for this, and I think people are becoming more aware of this problem. Now we need to take the next step and actually do our part in reporting it and see what we can do to stop it. For those of you that remember the series of movies with Liam Neeson in it, Taken, uh, the unfortunate part about real life is Liam Neeson is not coming to find these people. So if you and I and we don't say something when we see it, it's just going to go on and this vicious cycle will never end. All right, and plenty to take in for today. Uh, so we'll be with you again next time. Thanks for listening.